Rocks are known for their surgical skills. Rocks were the first surgeons. Board Game Podcast. I'm Devon Body, And I'm Steve Davis. Beer is so bad. What do you mean beer is bad? Beer tastes bad. Well, it tastes bad. Isn't that the point? No, I'm pretty sure the point is to get drunk. Is to soften your reasoning skills. Yeah, and that's why you need beer. And that's what makes it good. It tastes so bad. But many people enjoy the taste. I mean, they no, have non-alcoholic no. beer. No. No, but that... Don't even get me started on non-alcoholic beer. Beer tastes so bad, and people say they like beer, and it's all a lie. We're all lying. It all tastes bad. We force ourselves to like it, and we even, I think, convince ourselves that we like it. But we don't. It's all bad. I would beg to differ. There's been a couple beers that I've actually enjoyed. No. You're see you're you're lying to yourself and and by extension you're not lying to me. You don't like beer cuz beer is bad. It's terrible. It tastes but if terrible. It tastes bad, and we even make up how all these I like it. We make up all these different like flavors and we say, "Oh, this one is uh, has a musky taste and this one is whatever whatever." No, they're just all bad. Some are just Less bitter than other ones. Well, That's it. To that, I'd say maybe you should stop drinking such musky beer. Yeah, I don't even know what musky means. I was just trying to think of something, <laughs> some flavor that people talk about. Hoppy. I don't know. Musk is something that you don't want in your beer. Must is something you don't want in your beer. I don't know what must is. Must look it up. <laughs> but um. I I it's just we force ourselves to like this nasty nasty drink that's not good but we I guess force our taste buds to like it and I think to some extension that we have fooled ourselves into thinking we like it but really it's just gross but we've made ourselves think we like it well it's tradition Whenever there's something that you're not allowed to do during your youth, you have to do it when you're an adult. But someone made it, and someone had it, and someone said, I will keep making this. It wasn't a teen who made it and said, oh yeah, I can't do this, I'm going to keep doing it. Well, in their defense, everyone was teens back then because life expectancy was much, much shorter. Yeah, it was like 25. Yeah, that's fair. But like, no, it's just so, it's bad. I Don't get me wrong. I drink beer all the time. Love it. But I'm telling you, it's my brain or it's my subconscious that has told me that I love it. But really, I hate it. I guess that means you're a masochist. Masochist? Masochist. Master fist. I am a master fist. <laughs> Have you seen me punch? Yes. So flimsy. Masterful, you mean. I think you meant masterful. You need it's to like... learn to say that word. Masterful. Noodle arms. Noodle arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no one can see it coming when I punch him with my masterful punch. Yes, let's call it that. Anyway. Masterful. <laughs> masterful punch. Anyway, what are you up to today? Today? Yeah. Well, I was thinking... Let's record a podcast. What? All right. Well, if we're going to do that, then make sure you check us out on our website, cardboardpodcast.games. And follow us on Instagram at cardboardpodcast. And like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cardboardpodcast. And while you're there, click that like button as many times as you want. We don't mind. Just make sure it's an odd number of times. Or you can even make some new burner accounts and like us even more. Sure, if you want it to count. 
I do. I really, really, really do. Then do what he says. Hurry! Today, I think we should... I had fun with the card game, but my heart is really in the board games. We should go back and talk about a board game again. What? I mean, what's the difference between a card game and a board game, really? Uh, it's the board. Yeah, I, I... guess I guess that would be the thing. <laughs> Most board games do have cards, but I find the board is not exclusive but to card games. But not as many card games. games will have boards. Yeah. I would argue <laughs> that no card games have boards. Because then it would be a board game. Yeah. Hmm. The more you know. Well, let's talk about a board game. No, I know what? I think we gave enough information <laughs> about card games and board games that we yeah, can right. just end this episode. You know what? I think you're right. That was about as much information as you get from one of our full episodes. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. You have already surpassed the knowledge of our past four episodes. Congratulations. Okay. Well, we've been doing a lot of established games yes let's do something weird or new or new and weird weirdly new something that is magical something that is musical a musical magical musical is that a thing i think so yeah magical musical but no one says the full name. They just shorten it to Magic Maze. This week is Magic Maze. Magic Maze. It is such an awesome game. Devon, turn your phone off. I need it. I need it to live. I'm almost positive that that vibration was picked up in the mic. Yeah, we'll never know. Nope. Okay, I had a thing to put up here. Oh, here. Nope. I lost it. Alright, so Magical Maze is a game about a barbarian, an elf, a dwarf, and a mage. I just have one problem with it, in that... Hold on, what were those four things again? <laughs> Clearly, if you weren't listening... I wasn't. It's an no. elf, a dwarf, a mage, and a... Dwarf. Dwarf. No, no an elf, barbarian. dwarf, barbarian, and in mage. Mage. And, and mage. An elf, a dwarf, a barbarian, and a mage. Yeah, on the surface, oh, it's fantasy. But two of those characters are classes, and two of those characters are races. Yes. Elf and dwarf, those are fantasy Races, Of course. And Barbarian and Mage are fantasy classes. Yes. So what's the problem? I don't like it. It doesn't make sense. It should be like, okay, here's your Elf Mage and your Dwarf Barbarian and your Human Cleric and your Gnome Monk. There's no monks in this game. You don't know that, because two of them are just races. That elf or that dwarf could be a monk. There's also no gnomes in this game. You don't know that. Two of those things are classes. That mage could be a gnome. Yeah, but we don't know that. No, we don't. Anyway, that was the one thing I had a problem with it. Aside from that, I love this whole game. Well, these four were stripped of all of their possessions. So they were forced to rob the Magical Maze shopping mall. That's right. They uh, Their weapons were stolen, and they have to go and steal them back from the Magic Maze shopping mall. I just said what you said. Oh, I was under the impression that they were stealing new weapons. Oh, I mean, that's a good point. I, <laughs> I doubt this Magical Maze shopping mall gets all of its products from stealing from adventurers. I mean, there's probably some profit to be made there. I mean, I'm sure some of the shops, but it's just not a sustainable business model, I don't think. No, eventually you steal more than the money they have to pay you for their stuff. Or eventually you're just going to run out of good things to steal and you're going to be selling these like worn out, nasty items. They won't get worn out and nasty because they're too busy stealing them. 
Well, they're new and fresh. No, I disagree. Disagree. It's a bad business model. Not sustainable. Well, it's Poor probably quality. why the characters in this game are robbing this mall. That's probably why. That's probably why. Listen, guys. <laughs> they they added a preface to a very short uh, board game, and we're really digging into it. We apologize. Mm, I wasn't digging. Not yet, anyways. I was. I was digging. I came up with the problem in the first place. We could have been done this podcast if I hadn't come up with some problem with the stupid characters. Well, this is why the learning curve drops at, after this point. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, the par- thing that makes this game interesting is it's not just a heist. It's a simultaneous heist. Everyone's stealing all four of their items at the same time. Yes. All right. So in each box... You get mall tiles, hero pawns, out-of-order tokens, action tiles, a sand timer, a do-something pawn, and a few other interesting tidbits. Not that interesting, or we'd mention them by name. Well, I said interesting tidbits. Yeah. It's the name of something, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, it's actually... They actually includes interesting (laughs) tidbits. <laughs> capital I, capital T. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty straightforward. Not much to put together. It's a tile-based game um, created by Mr. Casper Lapp. He is a Danish game designer, and this is his first game, actually, released in 2017, February 2017, by Sit Down Games. We had the opportunity to play this game at Fan Expo 2018, and honestly, I had a blast. It might, might it was one of the highlights of the entire weekend yeah. for me. It was a pretty great experience. Yeah, we had my sister come and join us. We played it through a few times before she was yep. there, and then when she came and joined us, we played uh, with three players, and honestly, it was a ton of fun. And we robbed that mall. Robbed it good. And then we robbed Fan Expo, and we're not allowed back. I'm allowed back. I robbed Fan Expo, and I am not allowed back. (laughs) (laughs) And despite being released last year, they're already on their 11th edition. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow, that's nuts. Or that's bad because they uh, released a bad game to start. They kept coming up with really good ideas. That's uh, typically what... put it into the new game. New editions come out with. Or... Honestly, you can do so much playtesting, and then you release it to the public, and they're going to find little, uh, you know, little glitches, they little will break uh, that game. loopholes. Yeah, the <laughs> game will be broken when you release it to the public, and that's typically where additions get added. Where you get a new edition, new edition is is basically like in video game terms, a patch. They're just you know fixing little loopholes, little things to make the game smoother. Not necessarily that they miss something, but just something to make the game run a bit smoother and cleaner. Yep. Yeah. So wow, a lot, but that is actually crazy. That's yeah. a year and a half. Uh, by next they, year, there will be at twenty-two. That's, I mean, by February of twenty twenty, they will be at twenty-two, according to the pattern so far. Sure, maybe. I don't know. There's a spider on my mirror. Which that one's the mirror? There. Which <laughs> one's the mirror? Oh right, you're a vampire. You can't see yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, sorry. Alright, and right. this game also has two expansions. Yeah, uh, there is the Magic Maze Maximum Security, which just adds a few things like, um, you know, mall security and ducks to go through, walls that can break down and go through, uh, spells for the mage to cast, things like that. And then the Magic Maze Hidden Rolls, which sounds super interesting to me. Yeah, that turns this game from cooperative to semi-cooperative. That semi almost makes it sound less interesting, but it's actually much, much more interesting. Yeah, so in the semi-cooperative mode, one of the players is tasked with a goal that may not be towards the liking of the other players. Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk about that a bit more in a little bit. Yep. So there's one other version of this game which is Magic Maze Kids, which features 
uh, anthropomorphic animals saving the king. Oh, that's cool. So it's geared more towards a younger group and is a less complicated board. That's cool. I like that. That's a good idea. Uh, what I really like is that when it was released in 2017, it was nominated for the Spiel des Jahres Award, which is German for Game of the Year Award, but it is the honestly the elite award you want to get when you uh, make a board game. It didn't win out. I forget which game won it. There was Kingdom Dice? Domino? King Domino. King Domino was one of the ones that was nominated next to it, and then another game. And I forget the name of that one. Welcome to Real my interesting <laughs> uh, recollection segment of our podcast. But honestly, just to be nominated in that, like there are hundreds of games put out every year. Yeah, not only three made it. Get on that list. Yeah, not everyone's going to get on that list at all. In fact, three only three games were nominated for the Game of the Year award, and this is one of them. So just to be nominated is enough to tell you that this game is at a level that you really want to play. Especially since it's not overly complicated. So many of the games coming out nowadays are just overly complicated. This one has such a simple premise, and it's straightforward, very easy to learn. Yep, just rob them all. Yeah. And it's also received the Seal of Excellence from Dice Tower. Yeah, the Dice Tower Seal of Excellence, which I'm going to pretend right now I know exactly what that is. Such a prestigious award. I can't believe they won it. They deserve it 100%. And Well, it's more of a seal. Yeah, but it's an award seal. Seals are like stamps. Like, bam, we approve of this. But you only get it if you win the award. Right. Maybe. Maybe. We'll find that out. Listen, <laughs> we're talking like we know it, so we gotta pretend we know it. I anyway, know it. No, you don't. That's you why just I'm have correcting a picture you. of it. <laughs> you found it, but you don't know what it is. Then why am I correcting you if I don't know what Listen, it is? Listen, we have a podcast. We are now the authority on all board games. <laughs> we're the only board game podcast out there. All right, that is what I signed up for. No, we're not even the only board game podcast called Cardboard. Like, <laughs> what? Yes, we are. Oh, yes, we are. Yeah, there's. Don't go looking for anyone else. No. Even though you have to pass a few to find us on various <laughs> on various uh, streaming services. Look past everyone else for us. Yeah. Like you already have done. You hear uh, they have a thing called Google Podcast now? What? Yeah. So there's but a thing called they Google Podcast. Google Play. It's probably going to go soon because they have YouTube Music. Oh. And I think they're going to switch over. Why would Google have two streaming services for music? Because they, they already have multiple streaming services for music? But li- No, this is their second one. But, th- but listen to this. If you have, like I do, a subscription to Google Play Music, now that they've introduced YouTube Music, your subscription works on that as well. So mm-hmm. to me, that's all, like, why would they give out a free subscription to something? They're going to, they're going to turn off mm-hmm. uh, Google Play Music. I guess we'll find music out. Soon. I would imagine. Anyway, neither here nor there. I also forgot where I was going with that. It's the uh, epitome of a tangent. Well, I'm going to cut this all out Never even get there. Ooh, new album by Toby Mac. (laughs) (laughs) All right, where are we now? I don't know what we're talking about. Well, we talked about that thing. Talked about other versions of the game. I think we're going on to the actual gameplay now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and if you notice, there was no thunderous introduction into this segment. What? Uh, I heard thunder. Oh, uh, well, no, sorry. I meant, like, edited in thunder. It's, like, storming outside right now. Storming sun? Yeah. It's Sunstorm. Really, it's sunny. <laughs> Listen. Sometimes when we make jokes, we don't think about it beforehand. I think the sunstorm should be a thing. Also, what's the point of a chain link fence if it just ends? Um, so that you c- can corral people in one spot. So if there's ever zombies, they won't knock over your fence. They'll just walk around it. That's actually a really good explanation. But it does assume zombie apocalypse. Which I also assume. All right. So anyway, yeah, we're taking out the transition 
things because honestly as we evolve with the podcast i think the way we're headed it just doesn't make sense to forcibly segment our podcast and scaring people that part i miss boo oh okay <laughs> anyway uh hey, we can just do that whenever we want oh, man. we didn't have to do it at specific points i could just boo oh <laughs> oh man <laughs> all right so yeah let's talk about gameplay basically how to play and again we're drastically reducing how much we talk about this so don't skip ahead just yet we are we're gonna tell everyone everything in the entirety this game is based on uh these four heroes trying to or maybe not so much heroes since they're stealing a mall Stealing a mall, robbing a mall, <laughs> stealing the, from a stealing mall. from the mall. Who knows? We didn't play all the versions of the game. Maybe in the end, you end up stealing the mall. Steal the whole board, leave, and leave. Game we over. should have stolen the board, so we'd have this game to play it. Could have. I did say that I robbed the place, Rob Fan Expo. Should have robbed that too. Yeah, I mean, if you're already gonna get banned. So might as well get a board game out of it too. Oh uh, man, I should have got. I didn't even get anything worthwhile. I stole a lanyard. Free lanyard. It was a free lanyard. Problem was, I knocked a guy down on the way out. So now it is a crime. I don't even like the lanyard. It's the saddest thing I've never heard before. It actually caught on the doorknob when I left, and I didn't have it. <laughs> I don't have. So, if you don't actually leave the premises with something, is it still rob robbery? Well, it was free, so it wasn't robbery in the first place, but I did knock the guy down. I'm pretty sure he hit his head. He may he may be dead. I may be wanted for murder. Hmm. And yet they only banned you from future fan expo <laughs> events. No, they didn't even do that. Wait, did you even get caught? It was a blur, I'll be honest. I don't even remember much that day. Guess we'll find out next year. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> All right, so everything's stupid. Yeah. So once this, you stop and think. Yeah. About why don't you it. stop and think about it? It's all stupid. <laughs> so this game is based on these four anti-heroes robbing a mall, which sounds simple enough. You start the game. What back to back to back to back, all in four, in four spaces, and you have to start moving out again. This is like a tile-based game, so you make the map as you go along. Yeah, you start on one single tile, and as you go to a door, uh, you reveal the next room, and the next room is a new tile picked from a you know face-down. But pile there's of a tiles. snag. Only one of the characters can search any specific room based on the color of that search area. Yeah, of, of the door. So each door to the next area has a different color on it, and so only certain colors can open certain rooms. Which once, is, it's, once it's open, though, anyone can go through it. Yeah, pretty much. And <clears throat> that's not super difficult. But here's where the game gets interesting. You have to reveal the tiles... That have the items you want to steal. Oh, I wasn't. Even gonna... <laughs> so I wasn't even as you go that. through that stack of tiles, you don't know where in the mall this thing's gonna be. Exactly. It could be the next tile. It could be the last tile. Who knows? Then you have things like escalators, which are a bit of a hazard to get past, which is weird because normally they help you move. In this game, it's a bit of a hindrance. Yep. There are portals. What are they called? They're not called teleporters. Portals. No, they're called something else. Magic portals? No. Hold on. Warp holes. Did you find that on the website? No, I'm just making up words oh. about what it could be. Hold on. There is a... Temporary placement changers. That's the one. <laughs> no. Anyway, so <laughs> there are these teleporters. Blink buckets. Blank buckets. <laughs> <laughs> you go through... There's also teleporters to go through uh, that can warp you back to certain areas. Yep. But there's one big catch for how this game is played. 
And that's once you steal the items, you gotta get out. Every time I build up to the big reveal, you go remember something else. No, I had that one planned. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Each character has to find their way to the exit once everybody's in position with their stolen item. But there's one big thing that makes this super interesting. You can only go out of one exit that's your color. That's yeah, right. that's right. That's the one. You can't all go out the same exit. <laughs> you gotta find an exit for everybody. Truck across the mall and find it. Oh, man. So, yeah, exactly. You have to get to your own color. And to do yep. that, there's one big twist in this game that makes it super interesting. No, I, I think we covered it all. I'm pretty sure there's one big thing No. that makes it super interesting. Pieces? Doors? The other thing? That last one we said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the last one. You don't control one character. You don't control two characters. You control all the characters. What? Each player controls every character on the board. That sounds like it would get confusing. This game is one to eight players. Or maybe two to eight. I don't remember. Two to eight players. But there are only four characters in the game. The one, the two to eight players all control the same four characters. And how that's done is where this game gets really unique. Yeah, it's not just that everyone's fighting over which character control at which time. So each character, well, each player is given a tile with specific actions they can take. Yeah. There are four movements you can do. North, south, east, and west. And then there's also some special actions that you can take. Like move up an ex escalator, move down an escalator. Tell well, use that's one the of the same, teleporters. That's the same action. <laughs> up and down are very different. <laughs> but it's only one. It's just use escalator. They're that's a very, semantic. Very different. Yeah, it's a semantic. Another one is using the teleporters. And another one is placing down new tiles in the mall. No, that's done by anybody. No, it's done by a specific person. No, it's done by just anyone who searches a room, which is done by a color. Right, so searching the room is the is the action. No, anyone can. No, that was one of the things. Oh, no, you're right, that is. Yeah, yeah right. we, we couldn't sorry, get sorry, to the sorry, next you're room right. Yeah, you had, you, like, I could move the character. So, for instance, if I had, like, moving north and east, and I moved a character onto a... Uh, a door that they could open I can't just open that door Devon who has the open door action can make the door open Yep. all I can do is get the character there and again I can only get the character there if he, if he needs to go north and east Devon has south and west which requires a little bit of coordination amongst the players exactly and I would imagine I really want to play an 8 player game where you have one action and it's either north, south, east or west or one of the four actions you mentioned. Revealing a tile, going through the teleporter, um, using the escalator. And the other four. <laughs> no, there's one more. And the other five? No, there's one more. The other six things you can do. One! <laughs> one thing! <laughs> you can north, south, east, west, open a door... Teleporter, escalator, escalator, and search. Search? Well, place down the new mall tile. That's the open the door. Oh, then I think we've had them all. So there's only seven actions. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, there's only seven actions, but it has eight players. So Teleport? Teleport. Doors. Doors, which is tiles. Escalator. Escalator. And... Another special one. Is there? I don't remember that. I don't think there was another one. We're not sounding like experts here. No, I, I don't think there is another one. I swear. What can you imagine in an eight-player game where everyone can only do one thing? You have to move a character from one side of the mall to another, but you can only move it in one direction. And if there's a straightaway, no problem. One person can move it all the way down there. But if they have to go around a corner, that could be two, three, four people. Well, it doesn't seem that hard. I mean, just tell them, hey, you, move it over there. 
Yeah, I suppose. Except there's one twist in this game that I... I fooled you into thinking that the only getting one or two actions is the twist. But that's not it. No, not even close. With this type of game, I would imagine that communication is the cornerstone. Yeah, if you can only do one thing and everyone else has to take care of everything else, it would be great to say, hey, how about you move the the piece now? Yeah, exactly. You got four pieces to track and uh, you only have... You know, in a two-player game, we had three to four things we could do. In a three-player game, you had two or three things you could do. And the more people you get into the game, the less things you can do. So I would imagine, well, not even I would imagine, in playing this game, communication is key. Except? Except that there's one thing in this game you can't do. And that's communicate. In pretty much any way, shape, or form. You can't talk. You can't gesture. You can't wiggle your fingers. No gesticulating whatsoever. You can't twitch your nose. If you can twitch your nose, that's not bad because that's hard to do. But really, there's one thing you can do. You can stare intently. I'm almost positive that's the exact wording they use, stare intently. Yep. Or intensely or something like that. And because this game's not completely evil, they also give you a do-something token. When Devon was listing the items from the box, there was something called the Do Something Pawn. Or Do Something Token. Token, pawn. Well, I guess they're very different. It's a pawn. Yeah, it's a pawn. (laughs) It is actually shaped like a chess pawn, I think. No. Or a sorry token. Nah, I thought it was more blobular. Oh, it is shaped like a chess pawn, but like if it was sanded down. Sure, let's go with that. The do-something token is something that you can utilize to communicate, which is the only way you can communicate. It is to pick up the token and place it in front of a person, a player, that you want to do something. Now, you can put it down gently. You can put it down forcefully. You can make it a loud noise so that they are sure to notice it. But that's it. All you can do is put it in front of them. You can't use the token to gesture to something. Nope. All you can do is put it in front of them. You can stare at them. You cannot use your eyes in any way to try to force them to look where you want them to look. All you can do is put that in front of them. And it's such an interesting aspect to me in this game. A game that is clearly based on communication. And they take that away. Yep. It's a brilliant idea. And then on top of that, the entire game has a ticking clock. That's right. Man, the way we talked about this, this game just keeps getting more and more interesting. So It's literally got, what, a five-minute timer or something like that? It's um, an hourglass timer. I don't know what the time limit is. Whichever time the red ones are. Well, typically those are a minute. But I don't think this is a minute because that would be ridiculous. No, I think it was a five-minute timer. Something like that. And what that means is if that timer reaches zero... You are caught, and the game is over. You lose. So you would think, how am I supposed to do all of these actions before this timer ticks to zero if I can't even tell people what to do? We misled you! You thought we told you everything there was on the board. We didn't. There's one more tile. And that is a tile that lets you flip over the clock. Yes. Once you move a character on there, the time gets flipped over. It doesn't stop. It gets flipped over. It gets flipped over. So you want to run the time down as much as possible because once you use a tile, uh, that tile can no longer be used. It is out of order. But the cool part about that is it's not that you just get more time, is that now you can stop playing and talk as much as you want. You can communicate, you can yell at your friends for being morons. But during all this yelling and communication, that t- that clock is still ticking. Yeah, so the clock, you flipped it over so you avoided losing, and you can talk now, but the time continues to run. That's okay, though. It's kind of a great moment to just 
kind of catch up, get your bearings, maybe yell a little bit to get out of your frustration. Go over and, strategy. Yeah, That's cover, the important thing. Yeah, cover what you need to do now. Just, you know, quickly dole out some uh, to-do lists. Hey, you go here, go here, go here. We're going to do this first, this second, this third, whatever it is. And then as soon as you start playing again, as soon as one person takes one action, communication then stops once again. Yep, you're back in silence, and all of those carefully laid plans fall apart. Yeah, and it's... Uh, so overall, this game is stressful, this game is frustrating, and it is a ton of fun. Yeah, and the games only take about 15 minutes. Games are really so quick. You can probably get a few of these in before everyone's fed up. And it comes with a bunch of different levels to the game. So each time you go up a level, it adds uh, something a little bit more. Like the first scenario you go through, there's just one exit. And yep. everyone just gets to the exit. But once you get to the second scenario, now there's four exits. One of each different color. Purple, green, yellow, red, or whatever the colors are. And you have to get to your corresponding... You have to get each pawn to its corresponding exit. This game can definitely cause some trouble if someone's not paying attention to where they need to be looking, or they have a different mindset as what you should do next. Honestly, we talk about the do something token. I put the onus of understanding or onus of action on the person receiving the token. You receive a token that is literally the only communication you can have. So when someone puts that in front of you, they can't clarify, they can't go into detail. It's up to the person that got it to to say to themselves, let me look at the board and figure out what it is they need me to do. That's correct. But when you are the one receiving it, it is very easy to say, oh, that's the thing I need to do. And you do it. And then the person will take the do something pawn and stick it right back in front of you. The funniest part of when we were playing was literally reaching across the table, picking up the pawn I just put in front of Devon, and smacking it right back down in front of Devon again, saying, no, you idiot, do something else. To which I did the same action. Exactly. <laughs> there, were, there were times where one of us would put the do something action in front of somebody. You say, I put the do something token in front of you. You moved a pawn. I moved the pawn back and smacked the token in front of you again. And then... <laughs> and then I moved the pawn back and smacked the token in front of you. So when you get a couple um, maybe stubborn people in the same game, <laughs> it could actually just go back and forth in circles. And then the timer ticked out. Exactly. So <laughs> I think in one of those scenarios we had... Actually, we had it twice where I and you both lost the game for us because we didn't realize the time was about out. Yeah. And then the timer ran out, and the other person was trying to communicate to go on to the, uh, the token that would give us more time, and we just failed didn't to receive see it. that communication. Yeah. Yeah. Failed to perceive it, failed to receive it, failed to understand. And that's why I say I put it on the person who's receiving it. And when you get into those back and forth, too, it, it takes one person to have to say, okay, this per okay, Devon is trying to tell me something. I got to stop trying to force it back on him because clearly he needs me to do something. The only time you wouldn't stop and say, okay, what else do I need to look at is when you're trying to get them to reset the time. Anyway, that's a great, great, great premise to me. Yeah. This game definitely deserves that award. I wonder just how great the the other game that actually won is. I Yeah, I really want to play the other games because to me this game is a game of the year quality. Yeah. Honestly, I think a good strategy here is to really utilize that time you have when you reset the clock to cover off what you need to do. Yeah, in a game where your communication is restricted, the one time you're actually allowed to communicate should be used wisely. Don't immediately take an action as soon as that thing is flipped. It, yeah, exactly. Don't just 
you know, yell at somebody for miscommunication and then jump back into an action because you just wasted the time. And then you got to wait for that timer to go back down to re-communicate again. Yep, and also, don't flip those timers too early. Yeah, because at that point, you're just setting it... You're basically gaining nearly nothing. You want to get it as close to the bottom as possible without really risking losing the game. We got yeah, pretty definitely. close. We got pretty close a couple times. I think that last game we played, we actually lost because we were just a couple seconds too slow. Yeah, I think we were really close. And I don't think it was a miscommunication. I think it was getting over to the actual square we needed. Yeah, it just took a lot of back and forth between all the players to actually get to the exit. Yeah, because I think we also had so many... Or I think we also had all the items we needed were pretty spread out. Yeah. Because remember, you also have different door colors to open. So it's like, I got to get the yellow character to open this door on the left side of the board. And then I got to get him back to the right side of the board to get onto his item because all the characters have to be on the items at the same time for the deep for the theft to occur. Yeah, and it also didn't help that in every single scenario we took the longest path possible. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that too. And uh, the teleporters, you got to you you got to utilize the teleporters to pull people back. We didn't do that very well at all. Yeah. Well, once the theft starts, they all go out of order. That's true. Once the theft happens, you don't have the teleporter anymore. And also, another good strategy is try to maybe build the map in a, not in a stretched out, but in a, like, as close to a square as possible. Because you are revealing the map as you go, so the map is only going to open up wherever you choose to open a door. Yeah, so when you have options, try to keep things condensed. Exactly. Another great strategy is just pay attention to the other players. When someone makes a move, see what kind of move you can do after that. Yeah, remember, the more players there are, the less things a single person can do. So if if out of the corner of my eye I see Devon move a pawn somewhere, I should look and see what he's doing because more than likely he's not going to be able to move that piece where he needs it to go by himself. Yeah, and everyone knows kind of where the pieces need to go. Yeah, you can look at the board, you can see what's there, and you can see what needs to happen. Now, sometimes, I know one of Devon's primary goals is getting as many tiles onto the board as possible. But sometimes that's not where I'm looking. I'm looking to get what is... I'm looking to achieve what's on the board first sometimes. Which is, you know, it has its advantages and it has its disadvantages. Both yeah, do. both are important. So we need to... Uh, so, yeah, watch, what, like Devon says, watch what the other player is doing so that you can get maybe on the same page. Yeah, because once you're on the same page, it's a cakewalk. What's really funny is when we realize where a piece needs to go that might be across the map, and Devon can move uh, east and north, and I can move south and west, it's really funny to watch when we need to go in, like, a stair pattern moving the piece in a stair pattern, how I'll grab it and move it one space to the right, and Devon will move it one space down, and I'll move it one space to the right, and Devon will move it one space down, and it just goes like that, and we uh, get our way there. It's actually very interesting to watch how people keep reaching, <laughs> reaching to the board back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Also, you don't have to pull your arm all the way back in a situation like that. <laughs> yeah, just leave your arm right. Just just move it and pull back an inch and then go back and move it. <laughs> yeah, save yourself a couple of seconds. But then again, if you want to kill two birds with one stone, it's arm day. Yeah, get that workout while you get that game out. Put like Get one of those like ankle weights and put it on your wrists. That'll help a lot. I think they have wrist weights specifically for wrists. Yeah, but ankle weights are heavier. I think there's an upper limit to what's healthy. You have to push that limit. Always push the limits of healthy, Devon. <laughs> That's how I got my manly physique. That's how you end up amputated because you broke all your ligaments. I don't think you can break a ligament. Tear? Yeah. Remove remove well <laughs> that sounds more 
surgical and intended. <laughs> yeah, how was your weekend? Oh, rough. I went rock climbing and removed all my ligaments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, rock climbing will do that to you. Rocks are known for their surgical skills. Rocks were the first surgeons. Second surgeons, actually. Right after the ground. The more you think about it, the more it's true. Though I disagree with your analysis of the ground. The ground's not a rock. No. But they weren't the first surgeon. They were the first mortician. Isn't that a type of surgeon? <laughs> I mean, sort of. In human history, murders happened pretty quickly after humans started. So, yeah. You're probably right. It's an art. Yep. It's debatable. But really, we're not here to debate about the origin of surgery, whether it was rocks or ground. Nope. Even though you're wrong. We're here to talk about mazes yep. and magics. And some alternative gameplay. Whoa! Segway-a-mundo! <laughs> Honestly, we've only played this a handful of times, so we don't really have some established alternative ways to play. So we're just going to spitball some. Alright, so for a slightly easier mode, you can play with a set time limit versus a variable time limit. That could be even harder. It can be, but it can also give you one less thing to think about. Or one more thing to think about, depending also, on your level of communication. Yes. Because something that saved us a few times was being able to reset the clock after we had stolen the items. We're on our way to the exit. Like even like, I think we did one where we had two people already gone off the game. They already made it to their exits, and we reset the timer because it's so valuable. Yep, but if we had 12 minutes to work with, then we Ooh. would get everything done in those 12 minutes. I feel like that would uh, potentially put uh, some stress on the game. I yep. like it, though. To be good or bad. There's also the option of getting rid of the timer altogether for, like, an ultra-easy mode. Right. Have some play-until-you-actually-win sort of scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I said that and then realized there's no way to lose in that scenario. Sure there is. You could not communicate so poorly that everyone else leaves the table. That's a loss. But if you don't communicate so poorly, you communicate well, and then everyone leaves because you communicated so well? Yeah, they were jealous. Okay, fair enough. It's like, or, I wish I had that kind of communication skills. You could also... It's done. <laughs> communication. Everyone leaves. Excellent. Done. You could also take away the talk time when you reset the clock. Yeah, and just make it a flip and keep playing. Yeah. So nobody ever gets a chance to be on the same page. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just go until you win or lose. No communication. So it's really all about establishing your communication at the start of the game. It, regardless, it's about regardless of how you play. It's about uh, establishing your goals from the start. But that could be an interesting way to play. Yeah, I agree. And if you have any other interesting ways to play, message us on our Instagram. Yes, or Facebook, or on our website. Because I made a contact page and no one has ever used it except for me when I tested it. Yep, let us know. And honestly, go out and buy this game. Look for it in some hobby stores, game stores, comic stores. I honestly haven't seen it in any stores really. I've just seen it at cons. But again, it is a brand new game. It just came out in 2017, so give it some time. But you can also buy it online. There's a... There are a few places to buy it, Amazon, eBay, through their own website. Check it out. Yep. Go pick it up. I really like this game. This guy's a new game developer, game creator. We definitely should support him because this idea is tremendous. Yeah, it's a great game, and I'd play it again. Maybe not with you, but I'd play it again. <laughs> Listen, you were, you were the worst of that exchange. What? No. No. I did what would make us win. And you that did made something us lose. else. I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, and now to our final segment. Ratings. Ratings. Scores. And opinions. <laughs> what have we been talking about this entire time? It's not opinions? Um, no. Yes? N no. Yes. That's your opinion. All right. We're going to rate this game on a few different categories. One is learnability. How easy is it to learn? Chance. How much chance is involved in playing the game? Strategy. How much strategy is involved in playing the game? What is the likelihood you'll leave the table with a do-something token-shaped bruise in your forehead? And our overall score. All right. Let's start with strategy level. Okay. For me, the strategy level is hiking. You plan your route. You pack your food. You prep the gear. But when you actually start the hike, you just go. Hmm. I get that. My strategy level is what strategy? You only have to do one thing. I mean, I that's understandable. For chance, it's like rain on a sunny day. Not much chance of that. It happens, but not much chance. And for me, I say when everyone has to do one thing, things get really complicated. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. Learnability, running shoes. Once you tie the laces, you don't even know they're there. And for me, I say, hey, you're only doing one thing. You learn the one thing, and you're good to go. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty much it. You learn one thing. It's kind of like flux, but easier. What's flux? We haven't talked about flux. <laughs> Okay, well, what is your likelihood you'll leave the table with a do-something-token-shaped bruise on your forehead? I think you're going to leave the table without ever having to talk to anyone again. From now on, all your communication will be nonverbal staring. I could be, become more efficient. And for me, the likelihood you'll leave the table with a do-something-token-shaped bruise on your forehead is 100%. Hmm. It will happen. Not perfect friendships forever? We just stare to communicate. Hey, do you want to go out for pizza? <laughs> yes. See? It works. Except we're talking. Except we're talking. But Just imagine <laughs> that, but without talking. Yeah, amazing. All right, listen to this. I understand everything. That was amazing. I'm glad you guys were all here to listen to this incredible groundbreaking moment. Yep. Communicated so much with so little. So much. Can't wait for that pizza. Uh, we didn't stare into our phones to order it. Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, let me stare into my phone. I think you messed it up. I don't think that worked. But wait. If my phone made the fail sound, it must know that I tried to communicate. I'll give you that. Well, I guess we have to figure out what this means. Yep. And... Poison delivery. <laughs> Poison delivery. <laughs> so, what's your overall score? So, maybe I did two things, but it felt like one. Is that your score? or That's your my score. Okay. And my score is... L9. L9? That's my score. Alright. L9. So, I had to do two things, maybe... And he did L9, whatever that is. L9. Alright, this has been Magic Maze on Cardboard, the board game podcast. But wait, do we want to try a tangent? What do you mean, do we want to try a tangent? Remember last time we ended with the... You mean like at the end of the trap? episode, instead of like ending the episode, we just talk about ending the episode? No, I mean, that sounds pretty cool. We normally do that all the time, but last episode we, you know, went on to that thing about the Chinese finger trap and Joe Biden and uh, yeah, an you army. Joe Biden, G Joe Biden. Well, yeah. I don't want to do the same one again. Well, of course we're not going to do the same one. We're going to do a different one. Okay. Well, what one are we going to do? We're going to do the different one where we talk about the doing the different one from the last episode when we did a different one because we don't want to sign off in the same way that we signed off and when we signed off. So what you're saying is I should bring back Joe B. Iden. 
No. I'm confused. I understand <laughs> now. Good silent, good silent communication. I understand completely. Well, I think this has been a good podcast. Yeah, I think that was an interesting way to end it. Yeah. I said the name of the podcast. You're like, wait, we have to do something. I'm like, wait, but we are doing something. And, uh, yeah. Wait, we're still doing the thing, aren't we? Wait, when does it end? <laughs> oh, no. What have we created? Okay, well, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we, we, we can do this. We can do this. Maybe... All we have to do is have an ending, and then it won't be a tangent to the Maybe ending. Maybe if we clap, clap our hands... Clapping never helped anyone. Doesn't it help, like, Peter Pan or something? Yeah. It never helped anyone. It helped Peter Pan in the stage production of Peter Pan. Right. I never saw the stage production of Peter Pan. I saw a video of the stage production of Peter Pan. I'm pretty sure I might be misremembering. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. What, you just clapped to make him fly? I thought he was dead, and you clapped, and he came back to life. Or maybe that was Shadow. Wait, they killed Peter Pan in the stage production of Peter Pan? If you think about Peter Pan as an actual... As an actual piece of media, you realize that it's very dark. It's pirates trying to kill children. I mean, it's pirates trying to kill children who kidnapped other children. They didn't really kidnap them, though. They did not ask their parents for permission. Invited them. (laughs) The Lost Boys are boys without families, aren't they? Yeah, but those other three aren't. Peter, he got repeatedly broke into their house. Yeah, but he got lost originally, so he was not kidnapped. And I don't think any of the Lost Boys were kidnapped. They were just strongly encouraged to join the young boy to a strange fairyland. <laughs> Which uh, doesn't sound suspicious at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, if you're in like a 1940s English manor as a child, I maybe. Mean, then you got it pretty good if you're in a manor. And not on the streets. I mean, that's true. That's true. People in manners threw their poop out windows. Yep. And the kids in the street got poop thrown on them outside of windows. What a hard, hard life. I'd go with Peter Pan if that was my life. <laughs> yeah, be on the uh, street end of a chamber pot or fly off to a magical fairyland. I also don't... I also... Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't want to live in a house where I had to use a chamber pot. I don't know if you had to use a chamber pot. Well, it was strongly encouraged so you didn't poop on the floor. No, I mean you could just go outside and poop there. But pooping outside is where the homeless people are. (laughs) It was a different time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes, it was. Welcome to our insensitive podcast. (laughs) I was taking on the role of an early nineteenth, early twentieth century English rich person. They don't want to go outside with homeless people. I find homeless people endearing. That was too much. Yes. Okay, we'll cut that out. It's all too much. I find all people endearing. I mean, you probably shouldn't find all people endearing. I find the exact correct amount of people enduring. And what number is that? The exact amount. Of? People. What number is that? It's a real number. Twelve. I mean, it's probably not twelve. But it could be. It could be. And there's been subtle clues throughout this podcast... To find this number. Listen closely. You may need a few playthroughs. You may want to try it in reverse. Try it at various speeds. Yeah. The answer is there. We assure you it's in there. How many people should you tolerate? Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.